You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Welcome back, everybody, to the Oz Network as we continue our ongoing coverage of Anir Patak. We are in the fourth season still. We're up to the eighth episode. We cross over the halfway point of the very epic fourth season so far. It's been a very good start to this season, and we're going to see how this trend continues because we're here to do the episode called Connor McNamara. This first aired on the 24th of October 2006. It was written by Jennifer Salt and Hank Chilton, directed by Patrick McKee. And um, there's a lot to talk about in this episode, as per usual. We've got a couple of big names in this episode, as seemingly is the case a lot of the way too for this season. My name is Ben, and my body is your canvas, and I want you to be the last man to touch it. Oh, damn, you stole my one. My name's Nick, and uh, your son's an asshole, but not half as big an asshole as his father. I, I feel like That was the quote I literally looked at last minute that I forgot I had, because I was going to lead with, how'd you like it if I made fun of your pig nose? Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then I saw that one, and I'm like, oh, there we go. That's a good one. Um, but yeah, uh, kind of McNamara. Um, we, we got the return of Mrs. Grubman. We've got a baby having surgery. Uh, we've got an Academy Award winner. Well, I guess a future Academy Award winner in this one. We've got Burt Bacharach. I mean, what, what is there about this episode not to love? I, I mean, I might be the only one here. I don't know yet, but Connor McNamara, this is a, this is a good episode. Well, I think the the good thing about this is it's a bit of old, bit of new. You know, um, I was always quite a big fan of Mrs. Grubman, and um, uh, this is it. This is the, the final Mrs. Grubman, um, and so that that's pretty sad. But I think it's, it's a good one to go out on, and um, obviously we push forward with the with the Connor story as well. So yeah, no, I, I think this is a really good episode, and I'm looking forward to to going through it. It was, uh, I think, when we last spoke about Mrs. Grubman, you might have asked me the question or sort of commented about, oh, do we get Mrs. Grubman? And I kind of was like trying to be elusive because I'm like, oh, remember the episode where she dies and she sings? <laughs> Which I was like, you know. Yeah, yeah. She goes out in a memorable way. So, um, yeah, I, I appreciate the fact that we kind of almost, in a way, get a Mrs. Grubman tribu- tribute episode um, as kind of like one of the more important uh, side characters of this show. But, um yeah, I mean, we start off straight away with uh, Mrs. Grubman in a wheelchair, uh, or as we meet a vetter here, driving Miss Crazy, yeah. and um, can we just establish right away, uh, here's Monique, uh, Academy Award winner, uh, she won uh, Best Supporting Actress in 2009 for Precious, so um, yeah, I mean, this is, I guess, a big star that I guess in a way wasn't, I mean, I don't know, I don't want to say she wasn't a big star at the time. Uh, but I don't think she kind of has reached the level she's currently at the moment. I mean, were you or are you familiar with Monique? Um, yeah, no, I am. I mean, she's been in something else as well, eh? Like, it wasn't just that precious. There was something else she was in that that, um, that was reasonably famous. Um, I'm just again, as always, pre- yeah, al- always prepared um, with the IMDb page at my fingertips, um, or not, as the case may be. Garfield um, the movie? Yeah. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I, I, I definitely think I remember her from something else, but um, uh, maybe I don't. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, th- that precious, you know, uh, it's not a movie I've seen, but I've obviously heard a lot of good things about it, and mm. um, yeah, it's, it's supposed to be really good. So yeah, I, I mean, um, great to see somebody here who was kind of um, before she becomes famous, um, 
is yeah, it, it's 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 cool. It's always good to see these these actors before they become really famous. And I, I don't think it's the first time, and it probably won't be the last time either that we have a situation like this. We're noticing that in Third Watch that they have at least two people that we've come across with who would go on to be Academy Award winners in Third Watch. We've got uh, Viola Davis appeared, and Helen Mirren will make an appearance. This is a pre Academy Award wins for both of those actors. So. Um, I don't know if we've on Lost have had anyone who's gone on to win an Academy Award. I don't quite know that point yet. But, um, yeah, here we go. These shows starting these people's careers off. But, uh, yeah, so Mrs. Grubman, she's um, she, her face is recovered. She's had speech therapy, so she doesn't sort of have the stroke face anymore. Um, a little bit convenient, right? I mean, just yeah. a little bit. I, I'm, not, I'm nitpicking, but, yeah. I mean, we kind of even have that in the previously on uh, Nip Tuck where they're like, oh, I can't fix your face anymore. And didn't we not just not talk about that with Bert? Um, so it's kind yeah. of like, you know, um, but yeah, she's been in seclusion essentially for two years as she recovers, uh, Aveda's kind of come along and become her personal, uh, you know, maid helper out, um, and she's ready to come out into society and go back into Miami society. Uh, but sadly she has been diagnosed with stage four lung cancer and basically there ain't nothing she can do and she's going to die. So, um, you know, I love Christian's reaction here when he's just kind of like, oh, you know, Mrs. Grubbin, I'm so sorry. Uh, and then she just wants a uh, surgeon to make her coming out at her funeral so that she's perfect, basically, when she's dead. Um, and kind of, yeah, it's, it's a nice little um, nice little opening here. I mean, you know, Christian, we've got experience in working on dead bodies. We saw that last year with uh, Frank and Laura. Um, but I also, I like... Um, I, I haven't written it down here word for word, but she said something about like, oh, you know, Jar Jar Gabor's funeral, something like that. And uh, what does Monique say? Like, Jar Jar's dead. And it's like, oh no, but she may as well be. And it's like, ha that's a good one, shit pants. Um, which I think actually, am I not yeah. mistaken? Did Jar Jar Gabor not die recently? So like, kind of to date our episode here. Um, um, I don't know. Yeah, not something I'm familiar with, but uh, I'll, I'll take your word for it. If I just quickly Google her, if I work it out to spell her name, uh, yeah, she died in 2016, 18th of December 2016. I knew she died recently. So, um, I mean, this episode was, what, 2006 did we not establish? Um, so the fact that uh, she lived another 10 years after that joke, my goodness. Um, but yeah, I mean, I love the opening of this episode. It's just, I mean, it's so much good about this episode. Again, Mrs. Grubman, we haven't seen her in two seasons. So I just kind of like the convenience. They kind of work it out with the plot, how they say, like, oh, I've been hiding for two years. And, you know, even like Christian, when he says like, oh, I tried to come and see you. And she's just like, yeah, well, you know, even you, I didn't want to see you. So, um, I don't know. I just kind of like their explanation of why she hasn't been to see them in two years. Yeah, I think it was good. I think, uh, you know, like I say, it probably all feels a little bit kind of convenient, but it's one of those things. It's, it's not a big deal. It's not like Mrs. Grubman, this central character that's just disappeared for two seasons. You know, she is somebody who, who dropped out of the story. We had a story arc for her and that, that arc came to an end. Um, and, you know, I don't think we need to be too overly precious about, oh, what happened to Mrs. Grubman? No, I don't think that's really the, the point of it. So I'm I'm happy to let that stuff go. I don't think it's it's really crucial to the story. Well, we do know that uh, Nip Tuck does have a habit of just main cast members just disappearing from this show. Um, see the first season. Um, but, yeah, no, you're right. And I think kind of the last time we did see her, we did kind of have a nice little conclusion, I guess, to her, um, her arc, as you kind of mentioned. So, um, so Julia's feeding. Yay, good for Julia. Uh, Marlo is off for the weekend. Um, and kind of we get a little bit of a motherhood becomes you, Julia. Um Okay. Uh, Sean comes home. He's been practicing 
uh, his surgery techniques and digital nerves. And uh, what did Julie say? Do you use baby body parts? And he's just like, mm-hmm. Um, so he's kind of distracted and, you know, she actually kind of has a good point about how, you know, he doesn't really want to talk about it, but she's like, look, if this is any other surgeon, um, you know, I'd be able to ask questions and everything along those lines. Um, so yeah, it's, it's kind of, it's, it's an interesting point there, but, um, she obviously has this bit of a conversation here about, uh, you know, oh, I'm proud of you that we get to do this surgery. You know, so many other families wouldn't uh, have an opportunity to do this. And this is kind of, I remember watching this first episode, this episode for the first time going, what's going on here? Like, I just didn't understand it at the time. And then we kind of get this like flashback and we sort of see, uh, you know, uh, older people, not older people, they're young people, but like sort of in an older, you know, it's the sixties essentially. Um, and we, we kind of see a kid who you don't actually get to see his face at all until right at the end. And these, uh, you know, mum and dad are sort of talking about getting surgery to fix him. The dad doesn't want it. It's a vanity operation. Uh, and then basically, you know, we'll use the college money and no, that's, you know, we can't do that. Uh, and then we sort of see, Sean sort of looking at this and then they cut back to Sean who then agrees to a sit down uh, with the surgeon and everything along those lines and he's about to take the kids out to uh, to pancakes and I just I just want to kind of separate here because I don't know how you feel about the flashbacks because I mean it's really taken me a few times to kind of watch this actually appreciate what they do here because I think we mentioned last episode that we never get we don't know anything about Sean growing up we know his dad left I think we kind of got that in passing in one episode but um, we've never learnt about him. We've learned about, you know, a lot of Christians' background, and we kind of learn about them in college, but it kind of feels weird that here we are, like in the fourth season, oh, we're halfway through the show, and finally, uh, you know, we're learning about uh, Sean, because, spoiler alert, these flashbacks are obviously Sean as a kid. Yeah, well, I mean, I've got quite conflicting views on this, because um, I think that the actual flash- the flashbacks are done really, really well. Um, so it's really good to watch. I think um, the way they do them is it, it's well shot. It, it's not too kind of over the top. Um, I like the way it's kind of you know Sean's actually in the background of them, you know, as an adult, and I think that's quite a quite a cool choice. Um, so I really like that. Um, if I'm going to be honest, the problem I've got with it is that you know obviously Connor's been you know, in Connor's condition has been part of the story for you know several weeks in terms of the show now, and this is the first time we're getting the mention of Sean had you know, a fairly serious kind of facial disability or whatever you want to call it when he was a kid. And I think that that's, you know, just dropping that on us in this episode, I think is a little bit disingenuous. You know, I think that if that would have, that should be something that's motivating him long-term rather than just dropping it on us in this one episode. Um, so I'm a little bit disappointed that it's not a bigger part of, of the ongoing con story. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know how you feel about that. That's that's my problem with that. I think that's honestly a large part of what I felt in a way that it does just seem so random and out of the blue. Like, hey, guess what? Well, Sean had this massive facial deformity growing up. It's like, it just, it seems to be out of the, like, this is something you would feel even just from a plastic surgery perspective, even before Connor's born, that this would be mentioned. Like, yeah. my motivation for getting into plastic surgery was because I was deformed as a child, you know what I mean? Yeah, and I mean, and, and don't get me wrong, because um, nobody loves a good backstory, you know, more than me, I, this is the kind of stuff that I really enjoy, I like that you kind of build these layers of who these characters are, and you start to understand what their motivations are, um, you know, I, I really enjoy that, I think that, you know, and not just a nip tuck, but just in general, I think it is something that I really like, um, in TV, movies, you know, books, whatever it is, this is the kind of stuff I really enjoy, so... I, I'm really, in, I, I am enjoying it. I just wish we had got it as a more kind of 
organic part of the story as opposed to just being thrown on us right at this last moment. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. I think, as I said, it's something that I've always taken a while to kind of come around on, but... um. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with the points. I'm just, I'm looking here because this is kind of annoying me. So this is, um, his dad's called Tom McNamara. And I'm like, this guy is so familiar. And I kind of thought he was like a, um, a character in the video game LA Noir because they use like this facial technology. And I'm just looking through here his IMDb page. Nothing stands out until I get to, and I don't know how your James Bond knowledge is going to get here, uh, Nick. He was in License to Kill, where he played the esteemed Truman Lodge. I don't know if you remember Truman Lodge from like he was like the Weasley sort of guy who's hanging out with Sanchez, who was all worried about the money and everything like that in their like no, big I, sort of culty retreat. Um, yeah, I, I don't remember him. I mean, um, so, did you say License to Kill, did you? Yeah, yeah. You're not a Dalton fan. <laughs> Uh, no, I'm I'm a huge Dalton fan. I love, that, but uh, I, I I do I, I do struggle with the storyline and License to Kill a little bit. Um, yeah, I, I I think The Living Daylights is one of the best Bond movies ever. Um, and um, I know that's not always the most popular opinion, but um, I think License to Kill is perhaps not the best storyline. Um, because it is this kind of like personal vendetta thing, and so yeah, I, it doesn't stick out in my memory as much, but um. He does have that that look about him that makes him quite familiar. And I think he does kind of have a bit of a Shaunish look to him he as does. well. So I think he's kind of been well matched. Yeah, I mean, uh, we need to get you on Double R Seven to help me when it comes to defending Timothy Dalton then, because I know Colin ripped shit into him, and I think Noah's kind of in the middle. So um, yeah, uh, I love License Kill. It's kind of one of my guilty pleasure of the James Bond films. But uh, yeah, no Truman Lodge. There you go. That's who it is. Um, yeah, no, he, I agree with you. He kind of does look like Sean, so it's kind of a good choice there uh, for him. And hey, what, the other thing that's quite interesting while we're just talking about this is, um, I mean, are you picking up that there's kind of like a um, a New England accent going on here as well, which is not something we've ever really explored with Sean, that he's, you know, New England roots is, is not something that has come up before. Uh, I didn't really, to be honest, notice it, if I have to be 100% honest. So, um yeah, I'd probably have to go back and kind of know that. But yeah, I've never kind of picked up on that before. Maybe it was New York. But yeah, it's just interesting that we, you know, you just he's got quite a um, generic American accent in the show that you, you kind of don't really think about him, you know, where he's from. He just feels like he's from America somewhere. So yeah. Mm, yeah, but I, I, I mean, positive definitely, like I think you mentioned at the flashbacks, is we get to see Sean and his parents. I mean, we've, this is the only time you'll ever see Sean's parents. So, um,. You know, it's kind of, it's it's an interesting sort of way that way. But, uh, <clears throat> excuse me. So he's out for pancakes with uh, Annie and Connor. <laughs> Annie's alive. She doesn't say anything this episode, but she has a shocked look on her face, essentially. Um, so Annie goes to sit down. Actually, no, she does say something. I think she just says, like, what or something like that. Um, so uh, Sean goes to order some pancakes. Annie sits down with Connor. Can I just say that we, I think we talked about the prosthetics a few weeks ago in terms of how they kind of look good. There's a scene here when, like, the baby shakes its hand. It looks so rubbery and kind of, like, fake. Um, but so we've got this red-headed, weird-looking kid who's basically calling him lobster hands or something like that. Um, and so the, the dad obviously says in the background, it's kind of like, oh, you know, leave him alone, Marvin. Um, uh, is it Marvin or Morgan? Oh, I don't know, some, whatever. Um, and then, uh, I love Sean sort of comes in here and it's like, you know, please don't make fun of my kid. That's where he probably should have left it. <laughs> Before he starts, how'd you like it if I made fun of your pig nose? <laughs> <laughs> then just like all of a sudden, just start berating his dad, calling him an asshole, his kid an asshole, and once again, Sean's anger management uh, classes would have come in handy. We get a line about that in this episode. <laughs> he just 
punches this guy. I mean, fair enough, he's being a bit of a dick, but again, he, if you go to maybe stopped it, just please don't make fun of my kid. Um, I think kind of we would have been all right there. And we get poor old little Annie staring. She's all terrified. Oh, no, Dad's bashing someone again. Um, where are those terrible social workers ready to take her out? <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, I'll just, uh, I'll kind of keep going here with the, um, so Christian's at Mrs. Grubman's amazing house. Um, uh, and what is, what is he, what is, um, uh, a vet say here about like, oh, you know, she's not eating. I don't want to add elder abuse. I've already been like arrested twice. What's that one which says like, oh, I slapped a cop when he tried to fondle my sexy booty. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I love a vet. She's great. Um, <laughs> she's such a perfect match, though, for Mrs. Grubman. Um, and so Mrs. Grubman here is obviously she's organising a funeral. Um, she's like, oh, it's a lot, lot different to the last time you were here before. You know, maybe you want to send me out with a smile on my face. Um, we get a random reference to a Trump, Blaine Trump, who I was going to Google that. I don't know which Trump that is. Um, but uh, obviously they were going to be crying at... Um, at uh, Mrs. Grubman's funeral. Um, and then this is kind of just a nice little scene here when, um, you know, Christian's trying to, uh, you know, get her to eat and she's kind of got some nice little back and forth here about, you know, she's Mrs. Grubman's saying about a vet, how she likes that she fights back like you. Um, you know, she has two regrets in her life, that one, she didn't get to sleep with um, Christian. Uh, what's the other one that she says? Um can't remember. Oh, that she didn't get to sing or something like that. Um, yeah, yeah. And uh, it's kind of a nice little, you know, oh, I'll have a spoonful of soup and you'll get a, bo- a Botox shot tomorrow. And then just a nice little line that she then turns around and says, I love you, you know. Um, oh, it's just a sweet scene. God, I love Mrs. Grubman. I love this episode. Yeah, I think it's really good. Um, Blaine Trump, just just for your yeah, interest, as ex-wife <laughs> to yeah to to Robert Trump, which is Donald's younger brother. Um, which just just as an aside, I didn't realise he had a younger brother. I knew he had an older brother who died. Um, so really interesting that um, there is a, there is a younger a younger Trump that Was I Blaine, didn't know about. So. Sorry to interrupt you, but did we not get a Blaine Trump reference already? I feel like we've talked about her before. Potentially, yeah. No, I don't. I, I don't totally remember so i think we did yeah i mean yeah sorry to interrupt yeah 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 so i mean um no i'm totally with you this is all good stuff um yeah i think just just rewinding real quick to the sean stuff that you know um if nothing else these writers are really good at ensuring we get a consistent storyline with sean that you know anger and you know um, using violence as as a go-to for him so i like that we kind of keep that up that he never seems to learn his lesson but yeah back to the um to the mrs grubman stuff yeah i think it is really good it's a kind of sweet finish um to her storyline, um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm not sure there's too much we really need to delve into here, except why are these plastic surgeons constantly doing house calls? I, don't, I really don't understand this. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. I mean, it's another one of those like little nitpicks that actually doesn't really matter, but it is kind of weird to me. These guys just seem to just turn up all the time. Um, but, yeah, I think, again, it's just one of these things that um, – you know, Christian. Anyone who's acting against Christian, kind of, just he brings it out on them, doesn't he? And I mean, it's just that Julian McMahon factor that he can just make anybody kind of um, be amazing. And I mean, Mrs. Grubman is, you know, a great character anyway. So it's really cool to see these two kind of acting off each other. I, I yeah, it's just it's good stuff. Props to Ruth Williamson. I know we gave her lots of props earlier, and I'm pretty sure we mentioned the Trump woman when she was in it, maybe at one point. I know we've talked about her before, um, unless. And, oh, there was a there was a random 
Trump reference in a third watch episode. Maybe I'm getting my wires crossed. I know we've talked about the woman before. It's all the Trumps. There's too many of them. Um, but yeah, yeah, I agree with you. Um, it's just, it's just great stuff. Um, you know, just to think here that in this whole scene here, we've got Ruth Williamson, uh, Julie McMahon and Monique. One of these would become an Academy Award winner in about three years time after this episode. Um, sadly, it wasn't Julian McMahon, and I don't think that's ever going to happen. But uh, you never know. Um, you never, never know. Sandra Bullock won an Oscar. Um, but uh, oh, I like Sandra Bullock. That sounded a bit mean. You know what I'm talking about. Um, so yeah, Sean is uh back with Julia, and you know he's like saying, you know, you know, let him sue me. You know, it's worth it, sick asshole. And this is kind of when like he says a line like, maybe I should go back to anger management. <laughs> It's like, yeah, I kind of think you should, Sean. Um, what's, yeah. what's with Julia's pyjamas here? I don't know if you noticed this. It's kind of like old granny light blue pyjamas. Uh, <laughs> I'm just staring at her the whole time. Um, yeah, but um, yeah, I mean, there's some weird fashion choices on the show with the women. Um, you know, you definitely got the, the, Kimber, the Kimber fashion sometimes, I do wonder, so... Yeah, maybe she's just been... Uh, Kimber's been her fashion consultant, who knows? Of course, Nick and I are the uh, up, upmost uh, experts when it comes to women's fashion. Uh, yeah. Yes. Um, but, uh, so, I like Julie's line here, though, which is like, who are you doing this for, you know, yourself or Connor? Because they're still kind of going over this surgery. And um, so we get more of a flashback to Sean uh, at the baseball field playing uh, catch with his dad. Uh, clearly, Nick, uh, yourself and I, as uh, you know, a New Zealander and an Australia, Australian, we know the um, what it's like to play catch with our dad in baseball. Uh, yes. <laughs> it's, the emotional connection here is uh, is huge to us. Um, I should also mention um, Anthony Stark is the name of the uh, the actor of of Christian uh, Sean's dad. I, I talked about him, uh, you know, being Truman Lodge. I didn't I think I said the name of the actor. Um, but, uh, yeah, he, Sean, little baby Sean, who, again, we're getting his whole face covered here. We don't know what's going on. Uh, he wants to join Little League. Um, he wants to play a real game, but uh, his dad's like, the kids will laugh at you. They'll shove you out in, uh, you know, outfield. And, you know, do you really want that to happen? So, um you know, obviously, poor little Sean, he can't play baseball. And that's what this whole flashback is. Sean wants to become a baseball player. Um, but uh, then we see uh, Sean show up to the... Uh, I just love how everybody knows everybody in Miami, apparently. Because, like, he punched this guy and left. How did this guy know who he was? Uh, and then how does Sean... Like, he says, oh, I called your wife. She said you was here. How do you know his wife? Like, it's... <laughs> You know, um, I know they said, oh, there's 20 witnesses, but were these 20 people in this pancake shop going, oh, that's world-famous plastic surgeon Sean McNamara? Um, which, again, of course you've got to sue him then if he's like a rich plastic surgeon. Um, yeah, yeah. But it's, it's yeah. you know, Sean's obviously kind of apologising and just, you know, talking about his son, wants him to be normal and kind of says, like, do what you want with a lawsuit. Um, which you don't really get any resolution. I kind of assume it's dropped because we never see them going to court and, like, an episode or so, so uh, I think kind of Sean's just guilted his way out of this. Um, and then we have, I've just kind of lumped this one in here too, so uh, this is the, the bit where we mentioned earlier about Julia wanted to talk to a surgeon, so Sean's organised this. Uh, we've got the surgeon talking about uh, what they're going to do with Connor's hands. You've got Christian and Sean there. Um, and then who should show up? Oh, it's TV's Peter Dinklage. Here's Marlo. Um, and you know, oh, I'm going to be involved in his care. So Julia invited me along here. I love Christian's face 
as like Marlo comes in, he's yeah. just kind of got this look on his face, like going, oh, okay, who's this guy? Um, and it's just Marlo just being difficult, you know, oh, is there going to be a lot of pain? And I read this uh, research and kind of, you know, here's Julia getting all panicked and everything along these lines. Um, and just like, again, Jolly Richardson's really starting to shit me off all of a sudden again, because like, what's the, um, the bit where she's, uh, Sean's like, this is the type of, uh, conversation, this new age healing stuff that we'll have around the dinner table. She's like, well, I'm going home to make dinner so we can have that conversation. You're all right to come if you want to. Um, and it's just like Christian's like, doesn't care face. Um, I mean, it's kind of interesting, like, she's in this room filled with, like, three outstanding surgeons, and she's going to listen to the guy who's talking about research in psycho and hypnosis. Uh, I guess we all know some of those people. Uh, I'm on Team Sean Christian and random doctor guy here, uh, Dr. McGarvey. Um, yeah, anyway, I've, I've given you, like, three scenes to talk about there, I feel, but, yeah, anyway. <laughs> well, I think probably the only thing I wanted to add around the, the baseball field scene is, is probably that... Um, it's well done. Like you get back on on Sean's side immediately because he does the right thing. He goes and apologizes, and he and you know th- there's nothing um, th- that he's saying that you know I apologize. But he basically is saying yes, uh, I apologize. So I think that's all you really need from that scene, and it's it's good that it goes in because you you know as you say you're on Team Sean as you come through here, and yeah, I mean I was because I my question for you is going to be you know if you're in this situation with a child like this now, what do you do? And you know I, I don't think. You, <laughs> I just don't really understand what Julia's long-term plan is, you know, because obviously this this baby's going to have a terrible, well, not terrible, but a very difficult life if they don't do this, this surgery. It might not be easy, but, you know, it's kind of a, a, a must-do thing. Um, yeah, it, it just really is. It, it's hard to get on board with Julia. Um, yeah, I, I really do struggle with it because I think that you definitely are on the Sean and Christian side. Yeah, which is kind of like, I mean, I like Marlo, I like, Peter Dinklage, but it's just he's kind of frustrating too. He's back and forth. And I guess that's his character. It's meant to be that way because he becomes conflicted with Julia because everybody just madly falls in love with Julia in this show, um, which I really just don't know why. Um, but, yeah. Um, and also, I guess, if you believe in hypnosis and therapy and kind of extracting childhood memories from you, I mean, I've never experienced anything like that. It could happen. I don't know. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, it's kind of... I'm on the notion of this is a baby. Like, I mean, okay, it might feel pain, but do you? would you rather not be like a 20-year-old man who's like, oh, yeah, I had surgery when I was a baby and I'll only remember these memories if I get hypnotised? Well, here's an idea. Don't get hypnotised. Um, I mean, yeah. look, look I've, I had surgery as a baby to fix a certain part of me. <laughs> I can fill in the blanks if you want me to. But, like, I'd, I'm not going to go out of my way to get hypnosis to kind of remember getting surgery on a part of my body that I kind of think is necessary create other babies so i mean like it doesn't bother me because i was a baby so why do i care um, anyway well i was I, I, well i'm kind of the opposite of connor i was actually um this is probably going to freak you out but i was born with an extra finger um and oh. so they um yeah so they they cut that off and um i don't have any um horrible repressed memories of the pain that that caused me um i don't remember it at all because i was a day old so yeah I, I don't think it really really matters so yeah i Interesting. mean we're probably talking rubbish about stuff we we don't really know all that much about, but yeah, I mean, I'm not quite sure what the, you know, what's the alternative if if they don't do the surgery, really? Mm. Yeah. So, like, do you have a scar? Yeah, yeah. No, I've got like a little bump on the side of like it's just off my pinky. Oh. Um. So yeah, yeah. 
That's, I mean, I will say that's kind of cool. I don't know if that is cool or not. Um, but yeah, all right. Never heard of that before. I, my, I was one of those cliche babies who had the cord wrapped around my neck and I nearly died. Um, that's about all I can say besides other bits getting chopped off. Anyway, um, so, <laughs> oh Lord, we, we, we like to share and care on this show. Um, yes, yes. Chris- Everything's out in the open. Yes. Christian, uh, meanwhile, we have Mrs. Grubbin showing up um, to surgery. I love um, Yvette here when she's kind of, Yvette when she's like, oh, old fatty belt buckles here. Had to have two, like, talking about eating out. I just love their names they have for each other. Um and Christian, who's, you know, obviously talking to a vet here about, uh, you know, having some surgery. Uh, you know, I can give you some liposuction if you want. She's like, uh, oh, in my community, you know, the more junk in my trunk, I'm sexier. Um, and what does she say? Like, stop setting me up something with your cra- crazy ass or something like that. She just leaves. Um, so then Mrs. Grubman's getting ready for a shot of Botox. Christian goes to get the Botox. And as he turns around, Mrs. Grubman, she dead. Uh, she's passed away. Uh, just sitting upwards in a chair. Uh, and I love kind of Christian's line there when he's just like, oh, Mrs. Grubman closes her eyes. Um, yeah, I, li- I like this scene. I don't know how you feel about it. It just, it's, it's kind of, it's an interesting setup because you kind of feel like, oh, she's come back. She's going to die in this episode. But like, it's not like the cliche death scene of like holding a hand and like, oh, you remember me, Sonny Jim and stuff like that. Like, it's just, it's just sudden and, this happens in life. So I just, I don't know. I just kind of like the way they do this. You're not expecting it. And it's just like, oh, there she is. She's dead. So, yeah. Yeah, I think it's really good. Um, I, I kind of don't know how believable it is that somebody would just kind of like, you know, stop breathing all of a sudden like that. I'm not entirely sure. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not a doctor, so I, I don't know these things. But um, I think it's as nice a way to end this as you could hope for, really. You know, and I, I think it's well dealt with. Um, yeah, I mean. We, I know we're always talking about it, but, um, you know, I mean, Christian just, he just does such a good job, eh? I mean, it's just just amazing. Like, every scene he's in, he's just really, really good. And, you know, I think it's been a rough few episodes for, for Christian. He's come off as a bit of an asshole. So, to now have him go, kind of going back to where you can you can kind of relate to him and, and you feel bad for him and, and he's, he's more of a human, you know, I, I, I really enjoy these scenes with him. Yeah, no, I agree. And, um, I mean, we do this on our other shows, and I guess we kind of we haven't really focused too much, because, I mean, really, out of all our main people to have ever left this show, kind of, it's only really been, I guess, Bruno Campos as a main cast member. I mean, Gina, Jessalyn Gilsig obviously sort of left, but she'll be back, and we obviously didn't take the time to go over that person who was in season one. I know Mrs. Grubman isn't a major character, but, I mean, she's kind of a major side character. I mean, just while we're here, I know we can call it, we're going to talk about it one more scene in this, but... I mean, I feel it's important to just kind of maybe go over a few things with her. I mean, she was such a great character, obviously, early on, and obviously so memorable enough that you do kind of get a tribute episode to to her here. Um, you know, I mean, we'll get a returning person in two episodes' time from the first two seasons, but he doesn't get a tribute one. It's kind of the opposite, really, for him. So, uh, yeah, I mean, do you have anything to kind of add on just Mrs. Grubman in general? Because, I mean, she's she's easily top five best ever sort of ongoing patients this show ever has. Yeah, and I think probably, you know, she's been kind of replaced on the, the show with um, um, the Rosie Dawn. O'Donnell. Dawn. Yeah, which yeah. I've, I've heard. Dawn, thanks. Yeah, the Dawn Budge character, you know, that's that's kind of who we've got now. Um, and so, you know, and I, I think that, that Dawn works really well too. So um, we, we kind of get that antagonistic, but, you know, you, you still kind of like her character, you know, continues on. 
Um, and, you know, it, it's nice to kind of close out the Mrs. Grubman thing. I mean, I don't think you necessarily needed it. I don't think if this didn't exist, you would have um, been asking, you know, where's Mrs. Grubman? I don't think yeah. that's something that was coming up. But, um, yeah, I, I think it's really nice. It is a nice little tribute episode, and um, there's nothing to not like about it from my perspective. Yeah, I, I agree with you in the fact that you don't need this, but I think it's good that you do. It's not overkill. So um, yeah. I think it's just a nice little thing, and particularly for long term. Like if you're watching this episode and you've never seen the first two seasons, you're gonna be like, oh, okay, that's kind of nice. Um, and you sort of do almost feel like she could be a one-off character, but uh, yeah, for those who've been watching it since the beginning, that's kind of what we're getting a lot in this season. Obviously, is the season one throwbacks, but it's just working so well. Um, but anyway, so we've got Julia. She's reading, afraid to cry. Um, and Marlo shows up and. Oh, Marlo, this, this memory, and she's reading out this stuff about somebody having memories of people in masks and all this sort of stuff. Um, and you know, Julia's like, oh, I'm not gonna sign the consent form now that I've read this. Like, really? Um, and <laughs> can I just say, we're really starting to pull out some Jolly Richardson bad acting here. Uh, when Marlo is like, I'm leaving, she's like, you're what? <laughs> <laughs> she's so yeah. bad and i hate this line of like the cliche joke about oh the difference between god and a surgeon god doesn't think he's a surgeon um and then just like her it whistle- reminds me of the uh, reminds me of the old joke of you know what's the difference between a banker and a wanker you know at least a wanker knows what he's doing um <laughs> hi, hi to all our banker friends out there but yeah it just feels like completely kind of cliched line doesn't it i used to use that joke in a formula one context it was like what's the difference between jacques villeneuve and god god doesn't think he's jacques villeneuve like you can just use that in any context you know what's the difference between the oz network and god um you know the oz network doesn't think he's god i don't know that was a bad joke um but (laughs) it went nowhere uh anyway they kiss um (gasps) you know shock um, and just Julia's si- I've written here, Julia's silent moans. Like, even just without moaning, you can see a moan face. And I'm like, ugh. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, uh, Marlo's like, that's why I have to leave, and off he pops. Now, I remember watching this for the first time, just thinking, what the hell? Like, really? Uh, and I kind of think, like, you know, the fact, though, that Peter Dinklage is, is Peter Dinklage now. I don't give a shit anymore, because it's like, hey, Peter Dinklage, he's getting some action. Um, but I don't know, like, do you remember seeing this for the first time and thinking, like, what? Yeah, I mean, I think this is one of those things where um, society has changed a little bit. You know, this was probably quite shocking at the time. Yeah. Um, and I think the idea of, like, a little person, you know, <laughs> hooking up with one of our main characters, is, to me, it's it, there's no shock value in that um, anymore. And, you know, Peter Dinklage has got a lot to do with that, that he's kind of, you know, he, he's made this an, this normal. And, you know, so we don't even really think about it anymore. So, you know, full credit to him for doing that. And, yeah, it is one of those things where, at the time, I think this was a big deal. Uh, not so much anymore. Um, so yeah, I, I, what I would say is I think they've done a really good job of kind of teasing out this eventual relationship that's that's kind of happening here. Um, you know, it isn't one that's just kind of come out of nowhere. And you know, I'm always I'm always happy to throw the show under the bus when it comes up with these storylines out of nowhere. So I think I need to give credit when they do a decent job of building up to this. So yeah, I'm I'm definitely gonna do that. Um, and yeah, I think probably you've hit on something. I think kind of the the Julia Moni face. I think is probably that who uh, who. Uh, Whatever it is, you know that kind of look of ecstasy. The the kind of um, she, I, I don't think she would uh, would would fake an orgasm very well. Um, I I think your husband probably knows knows when she is. 
That's why she was like, like touching herself in that episode when you know, like they'd finish. Oh, I just want to go back and get second serving. Like, shut up. Um, yeah. Anyway, so Mrs. Grubman, uh, this is kind of the surgery bit where they're going to fix her up, and Sean shows up. She wants to, he wants to help, um, but then he kind of changed. Christian sends him off because you know Sean's getting all this negative crap. I'm so sick of all this negative crap, you know, and. Uh, then basically Christian's just like, look, I want to be left alone with her. I want to work out my eulogy. Um, I love that line where Christian says, like, oh, she wasn't such a bad egg. Um, but then, like, I love just this bit when Christian walks into the surgery room and Nurse Linda's playing gangster rap. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, okay. And then I just go, like, Christian, just, you know, it doesn't really seem appropriate to, to play gangster rap. You know, I've brought something with me here because Christian's obviously just mentioned to Sean that she could have been a singer. Um, and we also like heard a reference about how I think Mrs. Grubman wasn't it back in the scene when they were in the the mansion that she said, "Oh, I could have been Bert Baccarat's like you know leading lady or whatever." Now, um, I look again. This probably won't make it. You're probably going to disagree with me. I'm just putting this in the conversation for a top five. I love this scene. I love it so much. I know it's kind of just over the top cheesy, but there's just something so much I love about this scene of, you know, Christian doing the surgery to, to Mrs. Grubbin singing this song and you actually then see Mrs. Grubbin sitting on a piano. You see Bert Baccarat, um, this girl's in love with you and just her singing the song. Like it brings a tear to my eye. It's such a nice scene. Um, and I just want to put it out there as a possible nominee for top five at the end of this season. I won't fight for it as much as I do with the, um, the obsession song with Monica and the whole eating drugs brownie thing from a few episodes ago. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I love this scene. Yeah, no, I think it is, it is fun. It's definitely a good scene. I think probably the only thing that takes me out of it is, um, you know, like when Bert Becker introduces her as like, ladies and gentlemen, Mrs. Grubman. I love like, that. <laughs> I kind of like that. It's a nice little cheesy touch. that just works. <laughs> but yeah, no, I think it is good. And um, but the only problem is, is that any time I see Burt Bacharach now, I just think of Austin Powers. I yes. think we've talked about this. Before. And just yeah, so it just it makes me think of that. But um, yeah, it is it is nice. It is a nice scene. Um, I think it's a bit OTT, but um, <laughs> that's a pointless thing to even be talking about these days. You know, I think Nip Tuck is OTT, so I don't think that's something you can really level at this show. It, it, it is what it is. If you don't enjoy a little bit of cheese and some some OTT action, then this isn't the show for you. Yeah, completely agree. Sean comes home, he's got his uh, box of childhood memories where he finds a baseball glove and um, he's got a photo of himself. Um, and then kind of we got, it's kind of interchangeable here with the flashbacks where, you know, you kind of see a picture, uh, a scene, sorry, of young Sean with his mom and, you know, she's kind of being all nice and saying like, you know, oh, they're fools if they laugh at you and kind of she's like, oh, I'll talk to your dad, don't worry about it. So she's obviously signed him up for Little League against his uh, dad's will. Um, so then Sean's kind of like, we need to talk. Uh, there's things about you I haven't told about, things about me I haven't told you about when I was little. Um, and we kind of cut back to, uh, little Sean getting his photo taken here for the baseball, uh, try, which is, this must be an American thing. I played sports a lot and I don't think we ever got a photo like this, maybe a team photo at the end of the year, but, um, it's kind of interesting. And, uh, this is the first time he's, he's covering his face up with his arm. The first time he'll lower his arm and we see he's got a sort of like a, what a cut lip. I mean, what is that called? Um, it's like a, a hair lip, I suppose, isn't it? Like, a yeah, like congenital thing yeah. yeah yeah so he's kind of got like a deformed lip or whatever you want to call it but so basically uh he's got the photo and he shows julia um and and this is kind of we also get the big reveal of that's why your dad left which i think like again it was what 
season two, maybe, when he mentions about, like, oh, I don't want to be like my father, or was that season one, when they're talking about the, uh, the, preg- the first pregnancy of Julia? I can't remember. I know he got a throwaway line at one point when Sean's like, I right. don't want to be like my father was and just leave. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm more. I'm not that interested in the father, to be honest. Which I think I'm supposed to. I'm, I'm more interested in the mother. And so, without giving me too many details, do we do we ever come back to Sean's mother, or is this like completely out? Do we it. ever get more? This, of the story? This, is, this is all we get. This is it. This is all we get. Is yeah, Sean's background. Yeah, that's really interesting. I mean, uh, even if they had just kind of like paid some lip service to it and be like, oh, and then she died. You know, like she died. They like, might. There might be that. a throwaway line at some point that I'm just not remembering. But I, yeah, there's no episode yeah. where we ever see her again. So yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I think it's yeah. It's a real shame we don't kind of go down that road because I think it's really interesting that you know the reason that his father leaves isn't because of of sean it's because he feels he's been basically um you know what what's the word for it? you know he's he's been uh, um emasculated i suppose because his wife has made the decision gone over his head and made a decision and he can't deal with that and i think that's that's really interesting to kind of think about you know i i really like that i, th- I think it's well done and it's an interesting thing to to kind of come back to a little bit about how does that inform sean's character but if this is just meant as kind of like a one episode pop then we're I don't think we're supposed to think about it again, which feels like a bit of a lost opportunity to me. Yeah, I mean, I agree with that. And I, I, I do. I like the fact with the dad. Though. I love that scene we'll get at the end where he kind of shows up with the bear yeah, and kind right. of looks and then kind of leaves, like he's all emotional and sad. So, um, I mean, yeah, it's, it is. It's, I mean, I guess it's kind of also like in a way, like I mean, I guess with Christian's mum, I mean, we don't see her again. Um, and then I've mentioned before, like with his dad, as in you know, he's like the obviously the one who attacked his mum. When we find out about that, we, we will get a. It's like a dreamy kind of sequence in season six. And it's actually, I've mentioned it before, Robert Darby, a.k.a., you know, Sanchez from License to Gill. We've interviewed him here on the Oz Network. Um, so, yeah, um, I mean, that's kind of a nice little scene there, which we'll have, even though it's kind of in a weird episode, I remember. Um, but, yeah, we kind of just, that's it for our main two's parents, I guess. It's more about, you know, uh, them being parents to Matt in many aspects. So, um yeah, so he obviously, uh, you know, he says about the, the mum used the money for surgery, yeah, the dad's left, uh, and then kind of he put that pathetic little kid behind him, um, and then Sean, you know, uh, Julia, Julia's like, you know, why'd you keep it a secret, and then, you know, I, I don't get this line when he's like, I couldn't let you see me as an ugly kid or whatever, and then the way Julia's like, that little kid is who I fell in love with. What? <laughs> Like, I guess it's kind of been sweet, like, oh, that, you know, little naive child I fell in love with. Does that not just sound a bit wrong to you? I think, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it's probably what she, uh, the way I kind of read that is that, you know, that she fell in love with the vulnerability of this man as opposed to him always having to be strong and, and hide who he really is. That That's kind of what I read it as. Okay, good point. Uh, then we've got uh, the funeral scene. Let's be honest, this is going to be my funeral. I'm um, expecting everyone to come and no one shows up. Um, which is completely empty. No one has showed up to Mrs. Grubbin's funeral. She sent all the invitations out. Uh, it's pretty sad. Um, we learned that even her daughter's kind of disowned her, that, you know, her daughter's basically said, oh, my mother died two years ago and doesn't want anything to do with it. I like the little bit uh, there when Aveda's um, like, you know what she put on her tombstone? I came, I saw her, I conquered. Um, and then she's kind of just like, you screwed me over in your wheel. You left me some of your old lady moo-moos. I guess you believe me when I said I liked them. Um, and then we learn that, uh, she set up the Hedda Grubman Fund for people who can't afford surgery but need it. And if I am not mistaken, we do get 
this visited in the future, as in there is at least one, maybe two occasions where there will be a storyline around the recipient of the Hedda Grubman Fund. So, uh, just, I, I like, I'm pretty certain we, we hear this again. But, uh, it's kind of weird though here that Yvette is kind of like, I'm coming by for some liposuction. Did she not just say like 10 minutes ago that she doesn't want her to touch it? Um, so it's kind of weird, but I guess, you know, if she's getting for free, she's not going to say, um, anything. I do like this bit though with Christian when he gets up, he starts giving it still and then he just kind of, you know, stops saying his, uh, speech, goes to walk off and says, this is bullshit. You were a huge pain in the ass. You know, you cost every single relationship because you were so, uh, you know, vain and you're so focused on it. Um, but then I just love the way that uh, he just kind of then just, you know, retroactive changes his mind, you know. And it's like inside you meant well, you were funny, honest, you stood up for yourself. Life was uh, was more interesting with you in it. And I love you too. Goodbye, Mrs. Grubman. Ah, Like, it's just well, sweet. Yeah, and I think probably you know what what obviously is that he's basically given his own eulogy, isn't he? I mean that that's the that's the subtext of it is that everything he's saying about Mrs. Grubman is that he might as well be saying about himself. Mm. Um, you know that he cared more he cares more about vanity than he does about other people. Um, but you know he's he does have a heart of gold. Um, yeah, so I mean that to me is is what I get from it. Um, yeah, I'm not totally sold on him yelling at the coffin. That does feel a little bit kind of um, um, days of our lives type of thing. But um, I, I do like it when he, you know, when when the volume comes down and you know he's kind of talking to her over the casket. I, I, I like that, but I think it is really good. Um, and yeah, I think good good send off for, for Mrs. Grubman. I'm you know I'm very satisfied with the ending you get for that character. I'm just wondering, like with the funeral home here, so like. At what point do they give up? Like, okay, well, no one's here. Um, you know, Yvette has left. Yeah, yeah. Christian's yelling at the thing. Surely there's a funeral director somewhere in the background going like, okay, we're going to close the coffin now. Like, does Christian walk off? And yeah. then there's, like, some guy in the back, like, I don't know, playing on his phone. It's like, oh, shit, it's Betty Obi over now. And they just left a dead body <laughs> yeah, chilling yeah, in yeah. the casket out in the open. So, um, yeah. yeah. Um, then we kind of get this closing sort of sequence, which it's interesting sort of how they do this because it's sort of, we've still got, like, five minutes here, essentially, to go. And this is, like, a very long closing. We kind of just starts off with Sean and Julia. They're just both laying in bed awake. It's 4 a.m. The alarm goes off. Um, you know, Christian, uh, Sean's drinking his coffee. They get ready to go. They leave. And I, I, I will say I love this closing. I don't know how you're going to feel about it, but I just love just... Well, it just can I just... Just, uh, yeah, I just want to stop you for one minute because I, I do love the fact that Sean still, even though he's going into, um, you would assume this is a very long surgery mm-hmm. um, and that, you know, he's basically, this is going to be it for his day. You know, he's going to spend the whole day working on, on Connor. Um, still wears a suit. Still, <laughs> is still wearing a suit at four in the morning. Is still going to put a suit on to go to work. Um, which I just I, I find that just like a funny little aside. Um, yeah, no, I'm I'm totally with you. This is a great a great closing, um, you know, whole montage that we get here. I think it is really good. Maybe it's just because you know, like when you just wear the same thing to work every day, like you're just not even thinking. You're just like, yeah, eh, you yeah, know, whatever. Um, I remember when I was at the newspaper, there would be like times when. I would still kind of get ready to wear my shirt and everything, even though, like, I'm working on a weekend or I'm working at night when it doesn't matter, but you just kind of get into a zone. You're just like, eh, I can't be bothered picking out something to wear, so yeah, I just yeah. wear the same thing. Uh, yeah, so this whole thing, like, Jesus to a Child by George Michael, it's such a perfect song. Uh, I kind of even just like the reveal of Liz, like, because, you know, I've got to remember, like, poor old Liz had surgery last episode, and here she is. Like, she's back, she's smiling, she's there, she is. I just look kind of like that random reveal of Liz, and it's a pretty gruesome sort of scene here if you kind of look at it, like, with the way they're chopping the bone up and sort of separating the fingers 
fingers and putting the screws in. I even kind of liked the little bit where Julie's looking through the window. She's sitting there and just, I just like Marlo showing up to support Julia. I just think it's kind of a nice little moment. Um, and yeah, I just, I love, although I hate the acting that she says, you have no idea how glad I am to see you. That's terrible acting. Uh, I love the little cutaway we get of the dad, like back in the flashback scene, bringing the teddy bear. He's crying and he leaves. Um, and then just kind of like the end bit where you got Sean feeding the, the, I just, it's, it's one of these scenes. We say this a lot in third watch episodes, but it's really one of these ones that us talking about it can't do it justice. You've got to see this scene. And, um, just the song, like the song is just so perfect. Great song. George Michael, you know, rip George Michael. Uh, but yeah, it's, I just love the closing for this, uh, this episode. I just think it works and it, it doesn't even feel like it's a five minute long scene because this would be one of the, maybe if not the longest ever surgery scene we ever actually get in Nip Tuck. Yeah. I, I mean, I think it was really good. Um, I, I like the fact that it's mostly done through reactions or, you know, like, yes, there is some dialogue here, but not a lot. Um, and, and yeah, so I, I do like the fact that it is mostly done through, uh, through the music and, and through everyone's reactions. Um, yeah, I'm uh, totally with you. It, it's great. Every, everything about it's good. I think the intercut of, you know, Sean's own surgery as a child is done really well. Too. Oh yeah. Yeah. It doesn't that too. Yeah. Yeah. And it doesn't, none of it feels kind of overbearing. Um, yeah. And like you say, it is, it's hard to watch in terms of the, the actual surgery itself, you know, drills and, and all that kind of stuff. And, and we're going to get a little bit of that in the next episode, obviously, when you see, you know, Sean's kind of fixing them with a screwdriver and stuff, mm. you know, like it. So it's not just this episode. It is, it's difficult stuff to watch. Um, yeah. Everything about this kind of works for me. I'm surprised. I honestly thought this would be something you didn't like. I don't know why. There we go. I'm happy. Um, and people think season four is boring. Can I just say we've not had anything boring this season? Like, seriously, people. Like, how do they find season four boring? Um, our review section, unless you've got anything else to add really here, I mean, uh, I'm buying it. I'm keeping the streak alive. Eight episodes into this season, I've bought every single one. On the top of two episodes at the end of last season, so I'm ten in a row here for buying it. Big, epic, long, nip-tuck streak. But, uh, yeah, there's no question in my eyes that this is a buy it. Yeah, I mean, it is for me too. I mean, I, I think I've kind of pointed out a few of my kind of minor frustrations with this episode, but they are minor. And, you know, like I think that just on the, the strength of that closing um, scene alone, I think you've got to give it a buy. But you've also got all the great stuff with Mrs. Grubman, I think, which is, you know, is really good. Um, and, you know, I'm not sure if it's something I actually pointed out um, last episode or not. And this is just kind of like an, an interesting aside. But we were in this huge long run of episodes, which are basically characters we already know in terms of the titles. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like if we're going to go back, um, basically the last time we had a, a, a character title name for an all new character was Dawn Budge in episode five. So, you know, episode six is Faith. Um, episode 7 is Bert, episode 8 is Connor, episode 9 is Liz, episode 10 is Meryl, episode 11 is Connor. You know, so there's this huge long run. I just think that's quite an interesting thing that we're in the middle of. Um, and I'm not sure if that kind of tells you a little bit about the fact that this is quite an intimate season. Mm-hmm. Um, that, you know, we're going back to the same characters. We're not kind of branching out to, to complete strangers. We're, we, you know, we are focused on a very small group of people and particularly small in this one because we don't even have Michelle or Bird or any of that is, is not in this scene um, in this episode either. So it, it's really tight knit. There's, you know, it is a really kind of personal story in this one. Um, and, you know, for me, it works really well. So it's, it's an easy buy for me as well. Um, yeah, there's there's plenty to like and, and plenty to, if you want to just want to pick up an episode and watch it, this gives you kind of all the sweet spots you'd hope for in a Nip Tuck episode. And I think we're just in such a great stretch. Is like I think I said this at the end of last week that 
I don't think my buy streak's going to end anytime soon because I just feel that there's so many good stuff still to come in this episode. There's maybe even just looking quickly here in terms of what we've got to come outside of those ones you just went over. There's maybe only two to me that I'm kind of questioning whether or not it's a buy or a rent because uh, I just feel there's just such strong episodes. There's an episode to come in the next few that, to me, is a, a top 10 episode. It's potentially even a top 5 episode. I just love it so much. Um, but, yeah, it's just... And that's not even Conor McNamara 2026. So <laughs> I'm going to be a defender of that episode. Whereas, you know, again, that, that can easily sway people either way. That's either a buyer or a bin it, I feel. There's no middle ground with that one. But, um, yeah, we're in such a good patch here right now. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I've actually, I'll just say for people at home, I've ranked this one, uh, on my list at, uh, 19th currently. That's out of, uh, 54 episodes. It's including the next two, uh, that we've kind of banked in there. So it's currently sitting in the top 20, just on the edge of it. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think this is a great episode. Uh, next week, Liz Cruz, uh, that's character, but also who the, uh, the name of the episode, as you said, like a kind of going through here in terms of um, once we remember. Uh, special guest star, Alanis Morissette, which you can probably cringe and roll your eyes at going, oh, great, they've gone for a random pop star here. Can I just say, Alanis Morissette actually can act. So, like, people at home don't think, like, oh, I haven't seen this episode, great. Isn't it ironic that we're going to get Alanis Morissette? I don't know. But, like, she actually can act <laughs> pretty yeah. well. Yeah. And um, listen to our Roma Mafia interview because she talks about working with Alanis Morissette that she was a big fangirl of her. So, in order to kind of work with her, it was like a, it was a great thing. Uh, we get some more Julia Romalo stuff. Um, and we get some uh, The Return of Michelle, some great stuff with Bert. And, um, yeah, some James stuff too. You know, I'm a big James fan. So, not quite as good as this week's episode, but uh, I still think a very, very strong episode next week. Uh, yeah, I think, and I think you're totally right about whatever you're expecting from Alanis Morissette, you can probably throw out the window because I think, yeah, she, you know, you you won't like the character. I think if you yeah. like the character, you're probably not watching the show right. But um, I think definitely in terms of, of the actress and her ability to, to pull that off, yeah, I think that's good. So we'll be back next week with Liz Cruz. In the meantime, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, you know the drill, Instagram, YouTube, all the usual channels, and remember to subscribe iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and please, if you can take a few moments of your time to leave us some feedback, we would very much appreciate that. But until next week, my name is Ben, and I came, I saw, I conquered. <laughs> and uh, I'm Nick, and uh, Linda told me you're doing the eulogy at her funeral. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.